Some people believe that the days of revival are over. What we believe about spiritual awakenings should be rooted in what we believe about God. He never changes and is always able. Join Scott Pauling as we open God's Word and find encouragement in Ezra. Then, join us in praying for revival in our day. They ask Hudson Taylor, and Mr. Taylor, why can't you just stay on the coast of China? Why are you so intent on going to the inland part of China when it is so dangerous? And his response was this, God is always advancing. They asked David Livingston, the pioneer missionary in Africa, Mr. Livingston, would you be willing to relocate and go to a different part of the country? And his response, I will go anywhere provided it be forward. Do you hear these words? Forward, advancing. When you come to Ezra chapter number 3, you find a people who finally are beginning to take steps toward the Lord and with the Lord. In fact, that very wording is used. You remember in Ezra chapter 1 and chapter 2 that the people began to return from the captivity back to Jerusalem. And the first thing that has to happen is they've got to restore the temple worship. That's essential for the people of God to be able to be in God's presence. And so when you come to Ezra chapter number 3, in verse number 8, you read these words, Now in the second year of their coming unto the house of God at Jerusalem, in the second month began Zerubbabel the son of Shiltiel and Jeshua the son of Josedek, and the remnant of their brethren the priests and the Levites, and all they that were come out of the captivity unto Jerusalem, and appointed the Levites from twenty years old and upward, now listen to this phrase, to set forward the work of the house of the Lord. They said, we got to move this thing forward. We've got to get the work advancing. And then in verse 9 it says, Then stood Joshua with his sons and his brethren, Cadmiel and his sons, the sons of Judah, together, to set forward the workmen in the house of God, the sons of Hinnadad with their sons and their brethren, the Levites. Did you notice the connection? In verse 8, they want the work to set forward. And in verse 9, they have to get the workmen to set forward. You see, the only way the work goes forward is when the workmen go forward. Let me tell you this, the only way the cause of Christ advances is when the followers of Christ advance. The only way your church can move forward is when the members in the church determine they're going to move forward. Ezra chapter 3 gives us a tremendous truth about moving forward. And let me say this before we look at the chapter. Moving forward requires more than emotion. Emotion subsides. Moving forward takes more than an initial decision. Oh, how many times people have prayed a prayer, signed a card, given a testimony, and then not followed through. Moving forward will demand more than good intentions. Someone has to begin to take steps of obedience and faith. So in Ezra chapter number 3, how do the people of God begin to move forward? If we really want revival in our day, then how can we begin to move forward with the Lord in that direction? Well, I think in the same pattern. The first thing they did in Ezra chapter 3 was they built an altar. If you back up to verse 2, it says, Then stood up Joshua, the son of Josedek, and his brethren the priest, and Zerubbabel, the son of Shiltiel, and his brethren, and builded the altar of the God of Israel, to offer burnt offerings thereon, as it is written in the law of Moses, the man of God, and they set the altar upon his bases. So every good thing begins at the altar. 
That's true in the Old Testament. Think of Abraham. Everywhere he moved, everywhere he moved, he built an altar. Why? Because he understood that building an altar was more important than building a life. When you come to the New Testament, what's the first meeting of the New Testament church? It was not a gospel crusade. It was not a preaching meeting. It was not a Bible study. It was a prayer meeting. In other words, it all began with the altar. Richard Baxter testified that when he finally saw real revival in the community where he ministered, it was when families began meeting in their homes and establishing family altars and praying together. Evan Roberts, just before the Welsh revival, said, We've built the altar. We've laid the wood in order. We've prepared the sacrifice. There's nothing now to do but wait for the fire. I'm afraid we have people today who are laying things in order and waiting for the fire who've never built the altar. We're pretty good at organizing church programs and even what we call revival meetings. But friend, have we built the altar? The altar is our response to God's Word. He speaks, we answer. Now the altar is where fear turns to faith. The Bible says in Ezra 3.3 that the people were afraid because of the people of the countries around them, uh, but they brought their offerings to the altar. Listen, you get in the presence of God and the fear of God will cast out the fear of everything else and everyone else. And the altar was necessary every day for them. In fact, at the end of verse 3, it says they did it morning and evening. Verse 4 says they, said they did it daily as the duty of every day required. You don't just need an altar at your church meeting place. You need an altar where you meet with God every day. If you want to have personal revival, real revival, then number one, build an altar. The second thing they did to move forward, not only did they build an altar, they laid the foundation. That phrase is repeated throughout Ezra chapter 3. In verse 6, it says, But the foundation of the temple of the Lord was not yet laid. In verse 10, it says, When the builders laid the foundation of the temple. In verse 11, Because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. In verse 12, When the foundation of this house was laid before their eyes. There's a great emphasis here on laying the foundation. Now, this is, this is deep. Are you ready for this? You can't build a house without a foundation. The, the temple structure itself would not stand without a solid foundation. And there's a great spiritual application here to all of us. You see, if you're going to move forward with God, number one, you've got to build an altar. That's get back in touch with heaven. That's get back in the place of prayer. That is learn to commune with God. But number two, you've got to go back to basics. That's what the foundation is. It's like the Lord saying to one of His churches in Revelation 2 verse 5, repent and do the first works. What's He saying? Go back to where you left off. May I ask you, dear listener, where have you left off? Where did you stop in obedience? What was the point where you said, all right, that's enough? That's the moment you stopped moving forward. Now, go back to that place. In Ezra chapter 3, primarily what they were doing, they were returning to worship. That'd be a good place for all of us to start, just to get back to daily worship. God inhabits the praises of His people. We enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Oh, if we could just get back to praising God again and talking to the Lord and worshiping God, that'd be a good foundational place to begin. Refuse to live in your past. If you're going to move forward, you're going to have to go back and lay the foundation again at this moment. For example, when you come to the end of Ezra chapter number 3, there was a group of people in verse 12 and 13 the old people who remembered the original temple and they wept and cried and said, this temple's not going to be nearly as good. You know what they were doing? They were living in the past. G. Campbell Morgan said, it is impossible to unlock the present with the rusty key of the past. I'm grateful for our heritage. I thank the Lord for Christian history and what we learned from it. But I want to say to you, we have to find some people now who know how to get a hold of God. 
We have to find some people today who will obey God right where they are, who want to move forward. There's a third thing I must tell you, and it is found in the next two chapters, Ezra chapter 4 and chapter 5. Listen to the way Ezra 4 begins. Now, when the adversaries of Judah and Benjamin heard that the children of the captivity builded the temple unto the Lord God of Israel, and then that sets in motion a great battle, great opposition, I would say to you, if you're going to move forward, not only do you have to build an altar and lay the foundation again, but thirdly, you better prepare for a fight. Every building project brings battles. You see, when God is advancing, Satan is always opposing. He wants to stop you. He wants to turn you aside. He wants you to retreat. And so, don't, don't let it shock you when you start moving forward if your forward motion produces some friction. Get ready for some spiritual opposition, but know this, God is with you, God will help you, and God will meet you as you move forward. When the children of Israel first came out of Egypt, they first had to stand still at the Red Sea. Do you remember that? But then at some point, God said to them, now, go forward. I think that's God's great message to His people today. We have stayed where we are, stuck in our ruts long enough. It is time for us to move forward with God. Do you believe that revival is possible in our nation and in our generation? It must begin with a praying remnant. We are excited to announce a new book on Revival Praying by Scott Pauley. You may download the ebook or order the hardback edition now at scottpauley.org. We trust that it will encourage you to seek God for revival in our day. Thank you.